Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to the Smackdown Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by another one of the deadly boys, Michael Hamlet from What Culture, to review anything that happened on this week's episode of Friday Night Smackdown. Uh, but before you get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and YouTube, <sighs> where we do daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review Smackdown, but also Man and Around. The show formerly known as NXT Dubai. Oh, and we're going to AW Collision pay per views. Premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete. A quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Havlett to review SmackDown and the return of Roman Reigns. <laughs> Is today just feeling a real affinity with the the bloodline? Uh, normally on these previews to SmackDown, I'd say something like "Stay tuned" or "Keep it here." I will do that, not for the SmackDown catchphrase, although I did notice Nick Aldis. We'll just say it uh, did tweet from the offices of the SmackDown general manager, and I was going to be like, "Are you going to say more on that later?" Right? <laughs> like, you know, you forgot your own name, um, but I will say, "Stay tuned" for our last video Q and A of. 2023, yeah, incoming later on on the channel for what Wilborn might be referring to, and indeed the site that stands in front of me today, from my frankly more jacked looking than ever co-host, because <coughs> you are looking your best for the um, SmackDown review, our final SmackDown review of the year. It's uh-huh. been a great year. I appreciate. I'm still not sounding my best. I'd like to reassure people, it's not illness. It's just age because blowing out my vocals, either shouting in loud bars or singing in a booth. Uh-huh. Has absolutely done me. It might not return until January at this point. <laughs> so I don't want to... Um, it's a lot better than Friday, this, though. Yeah. Oh, Christ. I, I, I can barely remember what went down. Other than, had it not been for the incredible job, as usual, done by Brian, this time of us as bananas in pyjamas, <laughs> I'd have not known what went down in that preview. Uh, yeah. I don't want to go out on a low after it's been a year full of highs on mm. the SmackDown review. Don't then. Nor do I. I guess I'm going to have to do it with one. I'm going to have to start a WWE hate cycle. Ooh. Because I'm, uh, I, I, I want to apologize in advance to anybody that doesn't like it when we do this, but I'm afraid I'm going to have to say what I thought of this wrestling show. <gasps> Scandalous. I didn't think it was particularly good. I honestly thought you loved it. I thought it was goaded. So Sorry. we're going to give balance. There you go. Balance. Perfect. Yeah. It was. Um, so we're going to get into a bit more detail on a particular thing that I feel has obviously changed in light of real-life circumstances getting in the way. But in terms of what went ahead that went ahead as planned, other than like quite a nice twist at the end, quite a nice shocking conclusion, I thought it was a bit of a dry week for the big stuff. I didn't get a lot out of the tournament matches. I wasn't exactly enthused by the crowd. And then I remembered, oh, God, it's a double taping, so it's the same crowd next. I just... Wasn't high on vibes. I'm sorry. I loved it. I thought it was perfect. <laughs> show. I genuinely really enjoyed it. Now that me might have been because I was on. I was high on going to see Santa on Saturday. I watched it Saturday evening rather than my usual Saturday okay, morning. Right, yeah, we had yeah. to rush out and go and see bloody Santa and his elves. Well, he's busy this time of year, isn't he? Um, and uh, Eric got an, a little tiger. 
mm-hmm. that he wears on his wrist now. He bloody loves it. Tries to eat it every possible <laughs> second. Um, but I just, I love Roman. I fucking love that guy. Uh-huh. Um, I thought Jimmy Uso, yet again, vindicating Adam Wilborn's decision to back him following SummerSlam here. Um, Randy Orton's a perfect opponent for, for Roman Reigns for the Royal Rumble. Uh, the fact they set that up, and I completely forgot about We teased AJ Styles returning about three months ago, it feels. And the fact that he not only returned, uh-huh. but set up a decent storyline rather than, I'll just wait in line for Roman Reigns, probably. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned about Orton and Roman at the Rumble. We'll get to that, actually. Yeah, we'll get and to that as, we go. Uh, as you mentioned, you were talking about this earlier in the office, and I uh, once again have put... Booked WWE. <laughs> but I went, went between pitch and book. You finished it before it even yeah. happened. Good booking, uh, Wilbon. A brilliant road to WrestleMania that uh, more than compensated for your sadness around an, an injury taking Charlotte oh, Flair out for nine months. Believe me, the only real journalist in wrestling has stepped up with yet another report because the match that he is going to confirm for you on today's yep. SmackDown review, the first in the industry to confirm it, as he always is, is, oh, oh my, yeah, what a banger. In the words of my tribal chief, Believe that. Also, remember when that was his thing? Believe dead. <laughs> what? <laughs> Something to believe in. I will. Also, we are, while this is the news breaking podcast, oh. we are on this podcast going to break uh, what WrestleMania card the planned Jimmy versus Jay match is going <laughs> to take place on. Figured that out as well, haven't we? Yep. So, more to come. More to come. Stay tuned. Um, so, the show opens with my tribal chief, and as always, we acknowledge him. On this podcast, I think. I'm just checking. Yeah, <laughs> we do, still do acknowledge you. <laughs> Although, ironically, in your incredibly tight uh, bloodline really tight. Christmas jumper that you'll get to debut on the Q&A, if you were to acknowledge him, there's a chance you might rip the stitch on the armpits if yeah. you went all the way up. Yeah, acknowledge with a really stretched out E. <laughs> oh, my back sore today. I had one, you know when you had that neck sleep the other week? Yeah. Not neck deep, neck sleep. I, uh I had a back sleep last night, so I woke up and I, like, as you can tell, my throat's still a bit gone, so I just coughed to clear out a bit of the mucus, and I was like, ah! <laughs> yeah, that age now, yeah. my back just rattled when I coughed. <laughs> so, yeah, next time I criticise a wrestler for, like, a dodgy bump, yeah. Yeah, there's 20 of them a night, isn't it? <laughs> so out comes uh, the bloodline, Roman's title run now, standing at over 1,200 days. Loads. Um... And he gets a hell of a reaction in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. That the Cheeseheads one. It is. It is actually. Yeah, the um, storyline home of Mr. Kennedy. I always remember that. Yeah, he did well there, didn't he? To sort of get that place over. I was like Green Bay in the Madden games as well, just because I like green kits and that. Yeah, it's not the most common color in football over here, is it? Green. So yeah. it's nice to see green kits. Blue and white, go Colts. Ah, because they're blue, white, and Chesterfields. Yeah, that was completely random. If we can get Lean Gate Valve on a Colts shirt. Also, it, my Indianapolis Colts uh, fandom mm. was a bit like, I kind of got sold down the river. It was a bit like people being like, you know, uh, Blackburn have just won the league. <laughs> like, oh, of course, I guess I'll support them then. I didn't support them because they just won or yeah. were in contention, at least for the Super Bowl. Uh, my best mate supported them, and he was like, um, they've got Peyton Manning. He's literally the greatest quarterback of all time. Well, Tom Brady, obviously. Mm. But I was like, cool. And he's like, they're in the Super Bowl final, the the big final. Thing. Great. And they've lost. Oh, Peyton Manning's left. What happens now? <laughs> <laughs> rubbish. I think that's uh, how, like, Shawn Michaels feels about uh, following the Blackburn Rovers. Yes. And then, like, it's been, like, 30 years and not a lot's happened <laughs> to Blackburn. That's not fair to any Blackburn fans listening, but they've not won the Premier League mm. since. And uh, What the hell happened to Morton Gamps Pedersen, huh? <laughs> Oh, who was the guy? Uh, what was the fellow that signed for? I really thought the Venkies were going to turn this place around. I had faith in the Venkies as chefs like myself, the whole <laughs> kid, Sean Michaels. Who was the guy that um, signed for Manchester United and played in the treble winning season? Oh, Henningberg. Henningberg. Blocks on the line by Henningberg. Absolutely goaded was Henningberg. Colin Hendry. He looked more like an authentic brick wall than the, our studio <laughs> foam stuff. Henningberg was goaded. Like Colin Hendry was like 100 years old in the body of a 25-year-old <laughs> or something, wasn't he? Uh, Chris Sutton before he went mental. Yeah. Alan Shearer when he still wanted to win things. Jason uh, Wilcox. Jason Wilcox. He's got a screamer for Leeds against Sunderland at the stadium like Jason Wilcox. A goal too good for me to not remember it. Um, who else played in that Blackburn team? 
Tim Flowers. Yes. Hell of a goalie. Uh, anyway, we've reviewed. Do you remember, uh, not Blackburn, but do you yeah. remember John Lukic? Yeah. Off of Leeds. Arsenal and Leeds. Yeah. Went to school with his daughter. Did you? Yeah. That's interesting. So is he settled around in your neck of the woods then? I don't know. I suppose with footballers, that's the <gasps> thing, isn't it? Tim Sherwood. Tim Sherwood. Graham Lasso. Yeah, Guardian Reader. Is he a French man? <laughs> uh, Jeff Kenner. Always yeah. remembered him from the sticker books. Like Jeff Kenner. That's about all I remember, really. Paul Walhurst. Paul, yeah. Had uh, a good run out with Ooh. Sheffield Wednesday, I think. Did not realize that Shea Given was part of that first team squad. Oh, Shea Given, the one that got away. Shea Given, quick story. Uh, but Jesus Christ, people must be so bored. <laughs> Shea Given became a icon of Northeast football thanks to a, what, like 10, 15 year career with Newcastle United? Yeah. Like, kind of like a talismanic goalkeeper in the fact that there were many years where they had a bad team and they were kind of being kept up. Shearer's goals at the front, Shea Given's goalkeeper at the back. Mm -hmm. uh, he liked it in the Northeast because when he played for Blackburn, he came on loan to Sunderland for about six months. Was a revelation. And such was football at the time. I think Blackburn wanted £1 million for him, and we didn't have it. <laughs> so he signed for Newcastle and became like a footballing icon. Thanks, capitalism. <laughs> uh, also, quick shout out to... Where's he gone? David Batty. David Batty. I got a David Batty story. Go on. What David Batty story? So David Batty uh, went on to again. He played for the Mags, unfortunately, but he had like he played for Leeds United as well. Yeah. Um, like oddly, quite a like massive name in English football. Like played for uh, Miss Penalty Sally in the World yeah. Cup in 1998. Um, <laughs> Kevin, you've worked with him. Do you reckon he'll uh, score this? Yes, Mrs. Brilliant. Thank you. A very much a, Thanks, guys. a player of the era, shall we say, like tough tackling, uncompromising, maybe not enough uh, of a sort of like... No Pizza Hut sponsorship for him either. No, not enough maybe of like a five-tool player to make it to the top <laughs> level in today's game. But like very, very good back in the day where you could kind of have one or two jobs that he did very, very well. Mm. Um, one of the jobs he didn't do very, very well was family holidays because I used to serve uh, waffles and donuts out of a hole in the wall in Filey, uh, a tiny coastal place in the United Kingdom um, where I grew up. And considering that he had a footballer wage, which... Might not be of the wages today, but was comparable, like even in the late 90s. He turned up with his wife and children at our waffle shop to, oh. to buy some donuts. Family four, three donuts. Come on, David. You're from Yorkshire, but Christ. <laughs> um, and what I loved about this was not just that this footballer with all of this money bought three donuts for his family of four. Every member of the family, every member of the family was decked out head to toe in Puma King stuff. That issue must have been his endorsement. Very good. So, dressed for free, three donuts. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> yeah, I think that would have been that would have been like about 2000, maybe only a couple of years from when he was getting England caps, still playing, yeah. probably at the highest level. Can't remember where he went after like Newcastle and Leeds. He well, they finished up at Leeds, I think. Leeds, yeah, so I highest level stuff. It was uh, 70 pence for three donuts <laughs> back in the sort of 2000 2001 period. Wish about that. Family address for free. I love Filey, but, you know, there's a lot of the world out there. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Uh, so, yeah, Roman. What are we talking about? <laughs> Green Bay. Acknowledge me. I acknowledge him again, of yeah. course. Uh, and he says, everyone shut your goddamn mouths. Uh, everyone keeps booing him. And he says, uh, it's Christmas season. I'm ready to celebrate. It's also promotion season. I'm a good boss. Promotion. I'm a fair tribal chief. Tonight is about one man, a man who was bent over backwards, sacrificed everything, and know what representing the family means. If anything happened to me, this is the guy that step up. Step up. I am not watching him at this moment. Of course, I am watching Jimmy Uso, who is getting himself so hyped up. He's taking his jacket off. He's like, here it comes. And yet again, that's why he needs scripted promos, if anything, probably. Uh, Roman says... This will be the tribal heir. Jimmy, join me in congratulating Solo's a go. And Jimmy's like, oh. Yeah. The literal physical embodiment of. Hook <laughs> <laughs> Solo tells him he loves him uh, and goes to continue, but of course is interrupted by Randy Orton making his entrance. Uh, we go to a break, come back, and Orton has made it all the way down the ramp. Yeah. <laughs> 
Crazy. Do you see the... Um, is this the Undertaker making his entrance? Somebody's mobile phone footage of this. Have you seen it? No. So Orton's by the stairs. And, like, obviously some assistant runs over and says, like, we're not back from break yet, Randy. So we just have to basically pace the outside of the ring while Roman stands in it by the steps. Can't get in yet. Yeah. Like, he does look like he's going over his lines in his head as well. But what, what else can you do? Yeah. Kind of nightmarish for the wrestlers. So he gets in the ring and says, for 18 months I've been thinking about this moment, what I'd do to you, what I'd say to you. Um, but the only thing I really need to do or say is tell you that I'm coming for you. I don't care how many or who I have to go through of your family to get the job done. I want to challenge you for a match for the Undisputed Universal Championship at the Royal Rumble. The crowd obviously absolutely love this. Uh, Roman smiles, sort of acknowledges the fact that the fans really want to see this. Says, yeah, by the sound of it, you, uh, you deserve a title shot. But whilst you've been thinking of me, love this line, whilst you've been thinking of me over these 18 months, I haven't thought about you at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You can go to the back of the line where you belong. And uh, maybe you should listen to those bloody voices in your head. Because it's not 2007 anymore. I'm on a different level. Um, Those voices right now in your head are probably telling you, get out of the ring, run away. And they're right. Because you have a match with me. It's not another 18 months out. It's just retirement. You will never come back. Orton says, look, fair play. You have changed a lot. Uh, You've changed for the better. You're an absolute legend. Yeah. And he says, look, I've changed as well, but one thing that Randy Orton will always and forever be is a legend killer. And he sort of fakes an RKO on Reigns, and Reigns dives out of the way of it. And uh, he says, maybe you should be thinking about me, Roman. And the voices in my head are having a little word. <laughs> and telling me they just crap your pants. <laughs> and uh, yeah. he says, one final thing, daddy's back. And that closes out the segment, which I thought. Oh, my God. I'm really glad you had a nice time. I was quite underwhelmed by this, but I'm going to let it play out. So the Jimmy Uso stuff was good, but a little... uh, Like, underplayed, maybe? I know that bit of the story. So do that, but then surprise me with something else. It's never just... Bloodline's peak, it's never just one nice little takeaway moment. It's never one nice sight gag or whatever. It's lots of stuff going on. And I would argue like the backstage segment was better than the in-ring one yeah. for the stuff they did together. So it didn't quite get me. In, like I just And obviously you see it coming. Jimmy is the only one in the ring that doesn't know what's about to happen. And, you know, the Jimmy allows him to step forward thinking, here I go. So I didn't love that. It, but it was good enough. I just yeah, didn't, yeah. I didn't like go wild for it or anything. The Orton thing made me wonder if, by the end of the show anyway, is he, uh, I'll just do it now, is there going to be, instead of a Randy Orton singles match at the Rumble, is there possibly going to be a four-way between, you know, the other two that featured in the big main event segment that allows you to get to Orton Roman at uh, Elimination Chamber, and then you have, who is Cody Rhodes going to fight? Is he going to get to finish his story against the man that like tried to kill it last year or against the man that helped him start it all the way back when in Legacy? Like the big Cody Rhodes. Oh, okay. Not like, like, I don't think Orton wins at all. Nobody does. And I just wondered if like what we got at the end of the show was set up to like just misdirect you slightly. Like, uh, like sorry, if this was a bit of a misdirect based on what we got later on in the show, like and, Orton, and instead Roman will be challenged not just by one guy that everybody knows can't win, but by the fact that four of them fighting you've got like like la Knight said i'm gonna stop the bloodline so that's what i'm gonna do mm-hmm. and that would sort of give him the reason to get into that match similarly though a return in aj styles has attacked la Knight. he went for the bloodline first yeah and attacked with vigor so clearly that business has not been concluded and he remembers who attacked him and i just i don't know it made me wonder if there's like they've got time on this randy orton singles match it's mm-hmm. a good for, point for a rumble four-way instead I know I didn't didn't even consider that. Yeah, I, I just it crossed my mind more probably at the end of the show uh, because I just wasn't mad sold on it in this opening promo. This it didn't. I don't know. Maybe it was the crass little, but mm. or maybe maybe this was the week where I was like, oh, Randy Orton's back. Mm. Maybe it's because like another jacked guy turned up. I was like, <laughs> oh, the way you, I got a new, <laughs> I got more musculature to look at instead. Yeah, 
And this one does a springboard move. Where's your <laughs> Great, by the way, yeah. yeah. Uh, then we got the next match in the US title tournament, the Blue League, of course, as we're calling it. <laughs> uh, it was Grayson Bloody Waller uh, against a former foe of his from NXT, Carmelo Hayes. Mm. So it was a good showcase for Melo here. Yeah, I would agree. Um, and they bigged him up. They hyped him up a lot, understandably. He's going to be on the main roster in a few months anyway, probably. Um, but I did like the little inserts we got for both of these matches from Logan Paul. Uh, <laughs> you say you don't miss Carmelo. I've missed your entire career. <laughs> he's great, Logan. Yeah. In terms of like, he's not going to face anyone probably until, I mean, at least until next year. Mm-hmm. I just think he's a, he is a real special attraction. He's on the, um, is it the, that big smackdown there loading up that Roman's on as well. Oh. January the 5th, I think. Um, the go-home show for the FA Cup third round. <laughs> like, it's, I'm sure, I, I'm sure I saw, maybe it was on this show, like Logan Paul is going to be on it, Roman Reigns is going to be on it. No, like, no sort of announcement of a match. But I guess if you line it up that the tournament final takes place there, you've got like a face-off between champion and challenger that they probably probably make sure I think they're doing it at the Rumble. Mm. Like on the Rumble undercard, maybe? Possibly. So yeah, wife Roman and Logan tagged. Oh my god, the arseholes. Just what, what would what would Logan's sort of like? We the ones. He would do it, but he would just hold his phone in the air. He'd hold a bottle of prime in the air. Just a prime, yeah. And they could have their own bloodline flavored prime. Is that what you thinking? Ones. Uh huh. The prime numbers. Ah, uh, very good. I do like the bloodline. Flavor. Magic numbers can be their theme as well. The blood prime. What's a magic numbers song? Uh, that one that went, um, what's it called? Is that the one that thing he got in trouble for when he was introducing him on the top of the pops? Which pig he got? <laughs> you say it or not? I don't know. Love me like you. She don't love me like you. you. She don't know what you do. And it's so hard. He managed. You don't care what you say. You don't say it and say it and say it again, but it's so hard. It's it's true. Sorry, I've got lost on the Wikipedia page. Were they married? Both sets of magic numbers. Was it a bit of a Fleetwood Mac? Ooh, maybe. Abba situation where there were two married couples. Or brothers (laughs) and sisters. Brothers and sisters. Sorry, guys. Sorry, sorry, the magic numbers. Apparently, they appeared in the Harry Hill movie as bed and breakfast proprietors. <laughs> the magic breakfast. Uh, yeah. Um. What? Name another magic numbers song. One of the big hits. I was looking at them. Now I've gone off it now <laughs> because I was reading uh, Bands Knobs Top of the Bops after remark. <laughs> yeah, I think I remember the line. Was it? Did Richard was it Richard Bacon? Uh, did he say? <laughs> did he say the big fat sound of the magic numbers? Rehearsal, he said they'd been put in a fat melting pot of talent, uh, and they've also previously been compared to Hagrid and a pair of sheepskin slippers. <laughs> Uh, Forever Lost Forever Lost (laughs) (laughs) What you gonna do now Now that you know They also did a a festive one Apparently I don't care if it's Christmas Oh, Cheer up I mean I'm I'm with them (laughs) I don't care if it's Christmas I have to finish work tomorrow I can't like can't talk about NXT on Wednesday. I've got to spend it with my kids. It is a weird thing when normally people are like, oh, isn't it nice to be finished for Christmas? I don't get to come back into work until like January. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Christ. Mellow. Can Grace we just, and we just stay in the studio for a few hours? <laughs> just, it's like I've been in the office where Michael Scott just keeps playing that same loop. Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye, my lover. I don't, don't want to pay for the whole song. don't want to buy the whole thing. I just want to taste. <laughs> So anyway, Carmelo Hayes looked great. Nice drop kick early on. Uh, eventually, uh, Waller's had enough. He rolls to the outside, comes back in, 
and uh, he gets clothesline right straight back to the outside to take us to a break. Uh, but apparently Waller had hit a double stomp during the break. He's taken over when we come back. It's a rolling flatliner for two because Hayes tweaked his knee. Hayes goes up top. Waller cuts him off. And he hits sort of this awesome flipping. Was it like a rocker dropper off the middle rope? Yeah, this ruled. Waller every now and then did these in NXT. And I wonder if, and this is to his credit to be honest, like he holds back because he's a heel and WWE kind of like the characters to be a bit more binary in this respect. And the more flashy stuff Waller does, the more, well, you're going to get over. Like people are going to cheer this sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. So hold back, hold back. But I loved it. I feel like I've seen this before. Yeah. It's somewhere in the back of my mind. There's an NXT rollout with this move. Maybe once, maybe in one of his like, Title matches against Bron Breaker. Or, or maybe uh, when he fought, what's his name? Gargano. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I just feel like there was. A, I've seen this. I've seen him do it, or I could like visualize his body. But holding it back and just doing it every now and then, like even as a heel, really puts over your opponent because look at the lengths you're having to go yeah. to to try and beat them. So I, it was. So there was a lot I liked about this match, to be honest. Hayes comes back with a kick. Springboard DDT. Uh, Waller goes for his finish, but Hayes counters with the code breaker. Hits nothing but net and gets the one, two, three to advance to the semifinals. In a sentence I never believed I would have said in the preview or any other sort of run-up to this particular match, I think this was the best thing on the show, genuinely. Mm. Carmelo Hayes is a very divisive figure at the moment, I think in wrestling conversation circles, because for about a year, a year and a half, NXT have told you, it's literally in his nickname, he's him, capital H, and they are telling you every single week, undeniable, just undeniable brilliance, cannot be stopped, and already, and he's not even made it as the main roster permanently, there is an air about him that makes you think, oh God, it's happening again. Here come the John Cena reactions, the Roman Reigns reactions, the Charlotte Flair reactions. Mm. The company are telling you too much rather than him showing you. The people are going to come to resent the push before they even get the chance to enjoy it. It doesn't help that he's kind of being surpassed, certainly as a promo, and in terms of his charisma, he's being surpassed by a man that was once his sidekick yeah. in Trick Williams. So that's not really helping the perception if you watch him week to week. And the matches... I, like, I think, to be fair, <laughs> let's pat ourselves in the back for a change. To be fair to us, I think we've always said, like, I don't think his hit rate is as high as they seem to think it is. They're not all bangers. No. But this was. Yeah. When it absolutely counted, this was. Grayson Waller, like, again, was flashy, but, like, showed arse in all the right places to, like, really put over that Carmelo Hayes is, at, like, a level above. Mm-hmm. Like, Grayson Waller has come up and talks the biggest game, but he knows that he's got some weaknesses as a, and it's why he talks such a big game, because he wants to get into his opponent's head. And, like, Melo was just unflappable here, and he just worked his best. Fantastic showcase. And I do wonder, whereas sometimes the risk of a Logan Paul, somebody that the viewers are totally familiar with, and a champion, telling a lot of viewers who about a guy that they've never seen, mm-hmm. and he's rubbish. Like, yeah. that has a real risk attached. But then when you work a match as good as this, what it immediately does is reframes Logan Paul's comments exactly, as naive yeah. and stupid. That can go both ways. If if Melo it's the bed, mm-hmm. and like, oh, Logan Paul was right, I don't care. But this was the total opposite and has thus rendered that promo extremely effective. Oh, this was a superb bit of business. And, like, I want Carmelo to make the final. Mm. Like, I, re- I want him to at least make the final. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be Big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. 
Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful too for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Uh, right, Randy Orton's walking backstage, runs into hell. Yeah. Uh, and he says, uh, we all know what's going to happen later, bloodline numbers game sort of thing. Uh, if you need my help, just let me know. Orton's like, look, me and you are fine. Enjoyed tagging with you last week, but let's keep it that way. Just stay out of my way, all right. Now, like, there's a bit of tension there. And you know, it's like, um, you know, if there's anyone who's going to take everything away from Roman Reigns, it's going to be me. So watch your mouth. And this is what I mean, right? So now we've got established three guys, three guys, <laughs> Three challenges that all want a third guy. That all want Roman Reigns and all kind of don't care that the other one's got their own plan. Mm. That's what we've seen. And they've all enacted, with the exception of AJ and Randy, right now, because they have mutual respect by being gym buddies, I would assume. Like, we've all seen them perpetrate, like, attacks, side eyes, whatever, on one another. I feel like this is the move. Yeah. This is the direction. They're not... And LA's not in the... Rumble, so you don't muddy that water. He's not announced himself straight away. He's like, well, all right, I'll sod you, Cody. I'll get to Roman. Sorry. Like, he could just do that, couldn't he? I, that's why I think that's what this this segment and a lot of the stuff on the show was laid out mm. to make you think. Uh, the other match in the United States uh, title tournament was next. It was Austin Theory versus Kevin Owens, another picture-in-picture picture from Logan Paul, saying that Kevin Owens is dressed like a fifth grader and he should stitch some sleeves on to his shirt because he looks stupid. Yeah. Uh, Owens, obviously, has got the broken hand. Uh, they go back and forth. Owens hits the scent on early and even sells for his hand there. So Theory rolls to the outside. They fight on the apron. Owens kicks Theory to the floor and cannonballs him. Uh, rolls him back in the ring, but as he's on the apron, Theory fights back, hits and, uh, hangs him up on the top rope, and they fight out there, and Theory suplexes Owens on the apron to take us to a break. When we come back, they're fighting at the top. Owens headbutts Theory down, hits a frog splash, but again, his hand means he's delayed in terms of making a cover, so he can only get a two count. Goes back up top and goes for another senton. This time, um, Austin Theory gets his knees up. Theory fires up, uh, stomps on Owens, runs at him, but Owens gets a boot up and Stomps him back. Uh, shoulder block and a DDT from Owens for a two count. Super kick, another two count. Owens goes up top and then Theory catches him with a brilliant springboard Spanish fly. Goes for a superplex later, um, but uh, Owens counters into a package suplex off the top. Theory just rolls to the outside before Owens can catch him for a pinfall, though. Um, Theory punches Owens over the guardrail and tries to get the count out victory. Owens just makes it back in, but he... Uh, Runs straight into a punch and a rolling blockbuster for a near fall. That was good. Um, They went to the top. Owens pushes Theory. Theory's in a tree of woe, so Owens hits a cannonball and a swanton bomb for another two count. Owens goes for the stunner, but Theory catches Owens and just targets his hand now. He kicks it. They go to the outside. He rams it into the ring post. He stamps on it on the ring steps. Uh, They get back in. Theory sets up for his finish, runs at Owens, Owens just nails him with the uh, hand that's got the cast on it. And that's knocked him out. That gets Owens the, the victory. I really like this surprise finish. Yeah, it's a, um, it's a nice way to babyface an old heel trick and give Owens the power of the punch, considering that's where this feud started. Yeah. Kathy, who do you want me to punch in the face? You know, I didn't... Lovely recap, by the way, because I think often I find this, it's like I've just watched a match where wrestling has happened in front of me, and then I've sat and listened to a recap where I've just had this, like, theatre of the mind. (laughs) That's, like, you're the best in the business, even if WWE sometimes isn't. I didn't love this, but I will give them this, right? This was, at very least, wrestled like the payoff to the story, and I hope it is, Mm. because Owens obviously sold here and took a beating off Austin Theory, and there were, like, periods where, like, Theory was in control, but... He should be done with theory at this point. He should be done with theory. He should yeah. be done with Grayson Waller. It's Raw Rumble season. Kevin Owens is a big deal. And the longer you kind of hang around, not to denigrate them too much, but the longer you hang around with guys like that, the more you just start like to become them. Mm. And 
I loved a couple of little things here, like when Theory just walloped Owens into the crowd and went for the count out. I thought, well, that's quite nice because the whole thing has been predicated on him being smacked in the face. Now imagine if he just takes the sleaziest to count out victories by smacking him in the face and yeah. sending him into his people, you know. So there's a couple of nice little moments that felt very tied to the feud. But as I say, with the cast to the face, I hope it's were done rather than the heels cry foul and cry yeah. injustice and it becomes, I don't know, Owens and Mello in the latest, Owens finds a tag partner to fight these two jerks and sort of need this to be done. And especially with Owens advancing in the tournament, there's a reason now for him to just be as far away from them as possible. Yeah, I can, yeah, they're going to bitch and moan about it, but... Uh... Move that elsewhere. Like, have their complaining to Nick Aldis, like, result in something else. Yes. Like, rather than back to Kevin I just Owens. love these semi far I can't call it at all. No. You sense probably it's Bobby Lashley. Yeah, I still think it's Lashley. But you could make an argument. Bobby Lashley versus Santos Escobar in one side of the bracket. Mm-hmm. Melo versus Kevin Owens. You can make an argument for all four of them making the, the uh, final match against Logan for the US title. Yeah, I am... Um, I'm really... Pl- this is a bit of an indictment on Waller and Theory, but I'm really glad they're both lost. Yeah. Like, yeah. They're best as a tag team. They're best as a tag team and a low-card mess about get a reaction from the live crowd tag team at that as mm, well. I'd see I'm different. I'm putting I'm putting the titles on the Creed brothers tonight on Raw Ooh. and having them be the first title defense because they can make them they can bump like crazy yeah, for them. But uh, but losers yeah. nonetheless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I I have this thing lately where I just I think it's always important to mention that there are multiple roles on a wrestling show. Not everybody can be champion, not everybody should. Mm. And like Waller and Theory right now at least live in that role as tag team losers. Creed's on SmackDown as well and they beat uh, A-10, Dan and Yeah. So they can set up Summit for, for Australia, obviously, for Grace and Bloody Wars. Oh, thank God we got rid of that arsehole tag team. Who's next? Yes, boy! <laughs> Here they are! Waller and Theory for the belts in Perth might be something, you know. Situational. Yeah, I don't want, I don't want Creed's getting booed. Creed's a situational heels for the night. It'd be a lot of fun because they can just, it can be like early jobber squash Creed's. Oh, we can kill you then. There's no plan to this crowd. We're just going to brutalise you. Unless they try and turn Wall of Face. And he faces Theory in Australia for a huge babyface reaction. How, Don't know where you go from there, but... How would something like, for example, the Doomsday Brutus Ball work? Because, correct me if my geography is wrong here, but in Australia, wouldn't the ring be upside down? <laughs> so... <laughs> any listeners yeah. from that part of the world? Correct me if I've got this wrong. But isn't the ring, like, other way up? Mm. Oh my god! How's it? Elimination Chamber's normally suspended on long cables. How's that going to work? They're going to be trying to get in the pods, and it's like it's falling down again. I'm going to need to get somebody with a pickup truck to pull it away on wires, like the hell in a cell. <laughs> right, Roman Reigns. I really in pajamas are coming up the stairs. <laughs> Roman Reigns is backstage, just fizzing, angry, angry that Randy Orton's broken up this celebration. Yeah. Who could have seen that coming on the opening of a SmackDown? Uh, and he says, uh, someone needs to shut Randy Orton up. And Jimmy's a bit bit pissy at this mm-hmm. point. He's like, hmm, that sounds like a job for the tribal heir. But Roman manipulative bastard that he is says, uh, you can handle him, can't you, Jimmy? Jimmy's like, yes, boss. <laughs> uh, and if you do that, hey, you can ask for anything. It could be a boat. <laughs> What's in the box? And uh, this is the segment, right? Yeah, and he says, uh, you do this, you can handle anything. Jimmy goes, yeet. Roman just looks at him. No yeet. So, WrestleMania. Put my feet up here. WrestleMania, listeners. XL 40, taking place in Philadelphia. Are you going? I think I might make a trip out for it. I think I better. Flights in the freaking hotels are booked. Let's go do something like that. <laughs> Uh, the city of brotherly love, oh. Wilborn. The perfect place for Jimmy to fight Jay. Something I did not say on a August uh, What Culture News video. But they've got there. They will get there. Um, in, right? A Philly Yeet Steaks match, right? I don't know if you've ever heard of a particular kind of sandwich. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. Philly cheesesteaks. <laughs> S-T-A-K-E-S. Because the match is going to be over the word yeet. <laughs> right? It's not just about brother fighting brother. If Jay wins, then yeet forever. 
Roman's going to have to encounter it all the time. Every time he comes to work, he's going to have fans going, yeet, yeet, yeet. He's like, I hate that. Stop it. And they're going to say, no, yeet. Mm. Right? And Jay's like, yes. If Jimmy wins, yeet is banned forever. <laughs> right? Philadelphia, yeet stakes. When's it going to take place? Night two. Why? Sunday night, yeet. Beautiful. Thank you. Brilliant. I don't mean that on no the pre-show. I don't mean on the pre-show. <laughs> I don't mean like an hour before showtime. Not after all that. The Usos had enough years getting bumped on the Yeah, I was going to say. That'd be like some sort of karmic torture. Love it. No notes, like I said. <laughs> um, <laughs> following this, we get a carrying cross vignette. You're joking. Not another one? He's just losing the US title tournament in the opening round to Bobby Lassie in a fairly conclusive loss. But anyway, he says, uh, it's bad. It's time to do some recycling. <laughs> yeah. Uh, everything was set into motion when he walked through the doors here. A new beginning is coming. Everything is about to crumble, and soon you will see it. Speaking of recycling, mm. I'm going to recycle what was quite a funny meme around October that no longer has a place <laughs> since CM Punk actually returned. Who could have called that one? I'm going to call it. Holy f***ing shit, is that a Paul Ellering reference? <laughs> Because I saw over the weekend some people doing law deep dives into a silhouette they may have seen that might have been the shape of Paul Ellering, which has led people to believe that is there an AOP carrying cross Ooh. stable in the works. We've not yet seen AOP make the return, despite the, what was it, the Survivor Series program they were in? And the announcement of their return was like in the summer or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing. Um, aye, it's probably nothing. But there was, apparently, you could make out Paul Ellering somewhere. and you know, I like that, you know. Yeah, it's something, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. I Karen Cross had a few tries, on not he? And, mm. uh, that's a good L, but we'll see. Yeah, that's really actually got me invested in this now. Like these things, but it's, you know, it's like 2023 Fed, isn't it? You've got to give it a little while just to see how it... Exactly. Not everything can be cooked to perfection. Some things burn. Mm. But uh, I don't know if you know much about cooking steak. I, I know about a lot about eating steak. Less, uh, the less they cook, the better. So mm-hmm. Let me give it sort of two or three weeks. And uh, just like WWE, what is the best version of steak? Blue. Smackdown. That's good. But also raw. But also raw. Red, and also red meat cooked blue. With a sprinkling of an NXT. Is that a special seasoning? Yeah. <laughs> a salt bay. So, uh, mm. Sean Bay. Salt break. Salt break kid. <laughs> Brian, over to you. <laughs> um, Kevin Owens walking through the back. Cameron Grimes says, bloody love that. Mm. Hold on for punching him in the face. And I thought, like, you should be doing normal with him. But anyway, uh, then, uh, I was there. Uh, she says, oh, Carmelo Hayes for you next week. And he says, look, I know about being a star in NXT and making a real statement showing up. I showed up on 10 years ago. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, to face John Cena. I had no idea who Kevin Owens was when he showed up, really? by the way. Full full disclosure. Not a bloody clue. And that, that is how you get, back then, a casual fan uh-huh. to be like, well, who the hell's this guy? Yeah, f- that's interesting. So not even, I was going to, I could understand you not knowing Kevin Steen, but not even Kevin Owens from nope. NXT. Oh, wow. Well, I wasn't, wasn't an NXT guy. What interesting context that is, yeah. For that. I was like, uh, oh, I, oh, it was one of those ones where I made some real mistakes of like, I've got some spare time. I want to watch the Fed, obviously. Yeah. What shall I watch? And I watched that. What was their, not the NXT game show, the game show called, was it Tough Enough? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I watched that. Like, I dedicated my weeks to watching that. And Andy uh, yeah. went in the whole thing to get stunned <laughs> by Stone Gold and never seen again. Absolutely finished. Meanwhile, do you want to watch anything going on in NXT? I've watched them running around with some barrels. I think I'm good. <laughs> I think I know what this product is and it will never change. That was, um, was that the Mandy Rose and Sonny Deville season? Or was that a prior season? Oh, no. This was the, I think it was the, uh, what was your favourite match? Oh, yeah. yeah. Red. Yeah. Oh, dear. Yeah, I get that. It's so funny. funny. There, was one, there was one guy in it who was really good and then clearly got injured before the final because they were like, this guy's amazing. This guy's the go. He's winning every round. Uh, final match. Uh, what is this? <laughs> and he clearly got injured and they just gone, just go and work out. Edit around it. Yeah. Give it. Give it Andy to the rest of the season. And then Andy won it and you're like, wow, does he, what does he win? A stunner. What? Is that it? Vince push him over as well or something. In that same segment. Fart on his head just to really rub it in. Why aren't you as big a star as this guy? Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> Andy. That's all I want from you, is to be as big as Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. Poor Andy. 
Yeah, no idea. But anyway, he says, uh, yeah, look, and go Owens, being Kevin Owens, goes, and look, he stood right here next to me, rather than, whoa, where did you come from? Um, he says, uh, I need this, Rock. I need this more than you can ever imagine. I'm talking to you, love. No, I need this, Rock. You know what the problem with Siri is? What? She thinks she's special. <laughs> uh, he says, I'm not anything like Grayson Blaney Waller and Austin Theory. I'm not going to let you little brother me. Kevin Owens is like, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> that me that. I uh, wondered here. So yeah, Owens and Mello. Yeah, let's have a look at that. I want to look at that. Mm. Like, was there anything to the framing of Mello as a guy that's come up from NXT and wants to make a name of himself? Obviously, I get it because Owens wants to compare his own start to Mello's. Was there anything to like Grimes being pied for this chat? Ooh. Like, I was an NXT star that wanted to make something of myself. And it's not gone well. Like these backstage interactions are rarely for nothing, are they? Mm. Like if you remember Owens and Logan, like, Paul, Nikki Cross just hanging about for no reason. Then weird, it's going to go somewhere, isn't it? But we don't know where. Like, yeah, like when Owens first had that one, Logan Paul just walked past him and he's like, "Ah, that yeah, whatever it was he did." Like <laughs> you knew that down the line there was yeah. going to be some like big US title match. I just I thought that was maybe I was just making connections See, there, but my brain was going a different direction. Kevin Owens as a uh, an iconic quote that you and I often say to each other to take ourselves back to one of our happiest moments Oh, my ever. God. You tricked me. Trick. What about trick? Because it's the same word. As his name. Synergy. I mean, we're not going to be here to talk about it, but, you know. Oh. <laughs> Stop, right. Our podcast from home. <laughs> Send me the uh, login details. I've got to go into the office, actually, if anything. Get the kids back on. Uh, oh god rubbish news came next we talked about it in the news actually this morning me and Andy Kevin mm. Patrick with an update on Charlotte after that fall she took off the top rope she's torn everything yeah. ACL, MCL, meniscus and she's got a neck strain but even disregarding the neck stuff and hopefully that's fine uh, nine months probably minimum rough this you know uh, you know uh, me and Sage discussed this year uh, off last Monday weren't you, for it, when we were reviewing the match and yes. kind of rushed to like the finish I, the Charlotte, you could tell she was hurt, it wasn't right. I really wanted to believe that the relative quiet last week around the injury was for them to maybe have her come out and say, it's it's pretty bad, guys. Mm-hmm. And they could work a John Cena come back for her. Oh, jeez, yeah. So they yeah. could go like, oh, man, like, it was bad. And the doctor reckoned six months, and I'm in a terrible way, and whatever, and... Yeah. Tears and the like, and then Royal Rumble, number 30, Charlotte Flair. Mm. Oh, my God, what? It doesn't really feel like that now, does it? Like, I'm not even going to fantasy book it because this just sounds nightmarish, and it's never not. You kind of, like, your heart breaks for these wrestlers, whether you like them or not, when it happens now specifically because the first thing all of us do is look at the calendar, and you're like, ah, God. You'll be back just in time for payback. Yeah, do you remember when friggin'... Pack when Neville did it in that match was it against Jericho when him and Charles yeah. Robinson that shout match that would have been like February or something or am I get my pack injuries mixed up either way it was uh, he was injured like a, a January February match yeah. on Raw it's like oh Christ mate oh, it was a, it was a multi man I think when he got done and you just there's no worse there's no worse than seeing it happen and realize it's not just time on the shelf and the pain and the torture of rehab and then getting back in at the hamster wheel it's seeing WrestleMania slip through your fingers shame. Um and then following that, Damage Control have a little great video mm-hmm. with uh, Bailey say basically announcing they're the most dominant female faction in WWE history. She always knew EO was special. It's EO's era now. No one will stop her, says EO. EO special. Okay. <laughs> the Kabuki Warriors have been reunited. They're stronger than ever now. Uh, and uh, Asker and Kyrie warn that no one's ready for them. Um, Dakota Kai says we're uh, raising the bar. We're taking all the gold. Asker and Kyrie are going to take the women's tag team titles, and Bailey's going to enter the Royal Rumble. I believe she's the first name to be announced. Yeah, uh, and go on to take Rhea Ripley's title at WrestleMania. And as I mentioned to you this morning, and possibly mentioned on the news as well, this got me very, very giddy. Well, this got me very, very sad until you turned my frown upside down, as if it was in Australia. And <laughs> uh, so, when people in Australia are happy, you've got a sad face. We're going to get in real trouble for this one. So I'm going to end this running gag now. Okay. But if I was running in Australia, how would I stay attached to the road? How, in fact, do they, 
when they film neighbours and then I have to turn the camera the other way around before it gets screened. Why isn't all their hair standing up? <laughs> sorry, so, so sorry. Of which I know they exist. This is the worst thing. They've had me doing the accent for about three years. Yeah, great. This can't be the straw that breaks the camel's yeah, back. Yeah, you're the biggest like advocate of the Iconics. So I still am. So score I still well. believe that my prediction for next year is that they return at the Elimination Chamber. Yeah, Will Bond's going to book something pretty amazing in a minute and then give you the darkest pay from the frigging Iconics. So I'll get to why I was quite sad. So this felt like quite a sharp pivot from the recent weeks, but then was it? Because uh, Bailey, after one week of things going their way, it does sort of stand to reason that the heels, like Bailey especially goes, oh, great, everything's fine. Mm-hmm. I was pretty worried, but I'm not now. That's like, that's that's proof, if anything, mm-hmm. that I'm, I'm the best, right? And it, it did sort of feel like a bit of a sharp turn. And I was sad because I'd felt like a move that they could have made after Becky and Charlotte's reading at War Games yeah. was the possible return. Can we do this one on a non-video podcast still? Mm-hmm. Can we uh, press a certain button if we haven't got the video cameras on? Uh, based on a potential return of somebody that worked elsewhere by a different name for much of time. Oh, yes, we can, we can, we can, we can. Hang on. So I had considered that maybe Mercedes... Money. 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 ...was going to return out of Sasha Banks uh, whenever, wherever, (laughs) and uh, the four horsewomen were going to take on the barely less damaged Katarl in a pretty amazing WrestleMania match, right? Like, yeah. the four of them, you've, you've already had the Charlotte and Becky emotional reunion, you get all the Sasha and Bailey emotion when, like, she makes the save in a forum on beatdown and we go wild for mm-hmm. it. And that's amazing, right? Like, oh, the horsewomen are, like, finished. It should be the poor horsewomen, if anything, because we're going to take <laughs> it to the poor house and we're going to beat you at WrestleMania. And then, obviously, Charlotte gets injured and that's knackered, or at least that's knackered for now. And then... Adam Wilborn steps up to the plate and mimics CM Punk from a week ago because he hits frigging home run. Yeah, I mean, I realise if you, someone actually wrote up all the matches I've pitched for WrestleMania 40, uh, it can't happen. Well, it's, there's no break. It's just insane. I'll dream it. Bad Bunny tagging yeah. with Rey Mysterio against Santos and Dom. Yeah. Two of the greatest entrances <laughs> of all time. Um, but yeah, my thought process was. Sorry, Bailey fans, but stick with me. Bailey doesn't win the Rumble, mm-hmm. unfortunately, off the back of this. So everything else that they said is correct. Get well soon, Dakota. I don't know what her recovery is, but in this storyline, she stays with the evil damage control. Eos Guy retains, uh, possibly through shenanigans or whatever. At the Rumble. At the Rumble. Yeah. Um, and yes, to reestablish, no offense to Chelsea Green and uh, Piper Niven, reestablish the women's tag titles. The Kabuki Warriors win them. Mm. Maybe at the Rumble Pape. Okay. But Bailey doesn't win the Rumble. She unfortunately loses out to Bianca Belair, let's okay. say. Um, because my matches for WrestleMania are Becky Lynch, who wins the chamber, um, facing Rhea Ripley. Becky's working nigher at the Rumble in this booking to keep All right. her busy. This Rumble undercard is massive, by yeah. the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, so Becky, uh, Rhea, Io versus Bianca Belair, and Bailey, having been the only weak link in this story mm-hmm. uh, of them completing what they've set out here, gets the crap kicked out of her on the, the SmackDown after the Rumble or whatever. And she goes away, Kabuki Warriors dominate, and on the road to WrestleMania, for once, we're actually going to prioritize the women's tag team titles. Yeah. Uh, Maybe the Kukubuki Warriors defend against the Iconics in Australia. That'd be nice. Oh, that is good, yeah. Then I get my thing without yeah. the thing. And on the road to WrestleMania, the Kukubuki Warriors are like, look, we're the best. We've beaten every women's tag team. They can run through pretty much all of them in that time period, I reckon. Mm-hmm. Who's left? There's no one. And a returning Bailey comes back. And she's brought her buddies with her in more ways than one. She comes back. Side, side pony? Yeah. Yeah. She comes back and she says, I want to fight you for the women's tag team titles. I made those titles before it all fell off after the Iconics lost the tag title. Um, and I want to fight you at WrestleMania. And they go, you're joking? Dakota Kai's not coming with you. And Dakota's like, I'm not bloody team with you. Yeah, I'm having a pretty sweet time here. And she says, oh, it's fine. Don't worry, because I've got a tag team partner. Her name is not Mercedes. Money. Her name is Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks and Bailey fight for the tag titles at WrestleMania 40. It might not be what people are hoping for. EO Bailey is also an awesome match for WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. 
But in terms, if they've got her, <sighs> and they're like, we promise we'll do this better. <laughs> Redemption. And then, yeah, then they can drop the titles to the Iconics in the weeks following WrestleMania. I love 99% of that. Yeah. It's really great. I do yeah. like the iconic season at the Kabuki Bar is in uh, Perth, by the way. Bringing them back for a, like a one-shot where they won them in the tag battles. That's pretty good. Yeah. Just call me butter, baby. Yeah. I'm on a roll. And as if to establish the Kabuki Warriors again, they had a match against Michin and Zelina Vega. Um, and I went, cool, so Michin's getting pinned. Um, <laughs> they attack uh, Kyrie and, and Asuka, do Michin and Vega as part of their entrance. Um, dominate. Asuka comes in, um, though, and uh, along with Kyrie saying they hit a double-team kick for a two-count. Uh, eventually, Zelina Vega gets the hot tag. Um, dominates, but then gets hit with a running knee from Kyrie, saying for a two count. Vega comes back with a hammerlock DDT. This wakes the crowd up. She sets up for a six one nine. Sane hits her with a back fist. Asuka comes in and goes to the Asuka lock, but Vega brilliantly counters into a near fall. Mm. Uh, Vega tags in Michin. Michin hit a headbutt and a slam for a, a nice two count. Kyrie Sane has to dive and break things up. Uh, Kyrie Sane slams Zelina Vega onto the announce desk. Mijin fires up inside the ring, but Dakota Kai distracts the referee. Bailey runs down to push Mijin off the top rope because she's the only good thing about damage control winning. Um, and Kari Sane, once again, hit one of my favorite finishers. Oh, my God. The insane elbow. If I was creating a character on 2K, I'd make Omos and give him the insane elbow. <laughs> uh, and that gets them the one, two, three, two. Yeah, reestablish them as a dominant force in the tag team division. I'd have them beat, beat everybody. Yeah. Not bad, this. Um, obvious winners and obvious losers notwithstanding. Uh, there was a nice sequence from Asuka and Meechin yeah. to tribute to one of their indie matches, which is quite nice. Yes. All the ducked, like, super fast fists and elbow strikes, uh, which is nice, like, for the wrestlers to be able to do that and after the fact be like, oh, we're doing that. But within the match, it's just obscure, you know. Only real ones. I don't count myself as one of these. Mm-hmm. Only real ones would know. Uh, otherwise... Yeah, the Bailey stuff was what we'd seen, and as I say, like just a, a bit of a, a felt like a bit of a left turn for Damage Control in light of the Charlotte Flair injury. Stick with me, you'll be fine. I think so. Jimmy Uso's backstage talking to Solo. He says, "Does something doesn't feel right? This feels like a setup." You tell me if something was going to happen to me, right? Solo goes, "I'm your brother," while simultaneously stretching out his thumb. Yeah, not really. A yes or no to Jimmy? That was no. it. No. So what does that mean? Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's I, re- what... I realize that, but uh... no way, come back. <laughs> All right. Oh, I didn't think you'd hear me. Um, Santos Escobar and Bobby Lashley do vignettes to hype up their match next week. Escobar talks about basically being about to become a US champion until that git Rey Mysterio took it all from him. Uh, and he's slagged off Bobby Lashley's clothes, I think. Bobby Lashley's there with the Street Profits. And uh, they say, you've got no chance, Santos. And uh, Escobar is just standing in Bobby Lashley's way. Both semifinals next week, isn't it? Uh yeah, and mm-hmm. there's like a wild yeah, both semifinals. There's a wild like holiday bash four on four, right? And a North American Championship match between Butch and Dragon Lee. Okay, what stature? Are you trying to campaign for us to come back into the office? Oh, I wish. Um, no, it's just occurred to me that Owens will probably beat Mello because this is like a what he comes in for a one night thing and works two matches. Rather than like yes, which would make you think it's going to be Omos. Uh, sorry, Omos Owens uh, in the final against Lashley because Lashley's the heavy favourite. But Owens and Santos is quite the scalp for Santos Escobar, isn't it? And him getting to the US Championship and then not winning it, let's say, as a result of Rey Mysterio or Carlito. Or Carlito would be quite the nice bit of booking, wouldn't it? Yeah. So maybe we're heading to maybe Bobby Lashley is the obvious favorite because he kicked AS was there, and then they can launch an apple flavor of Prime. Maybe Santos beats. That's very good. Sorry, I can't let that go without acknowledgement. And you can spit it in people's faces. <laughs> I acknowledge you every day, mate. <laughs> the uh, maybe Bobby Lashley loses. Why? Because he is attacked mid-match by. Carrying cross and the authors of pain to set up a feud against Lashley in the Jesus, that's some big lads. The um, authors of cross <laughs> fold their arms <laughs> in the mimic of the Lashley pose, but because they're really cross, they're mad. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, there you go. 
Tell you what else I liked. Mm-hmm. Main event. Ah. Randy Orton versus Jimmy Uso. Happy for you. Uh, I did like Randy Orton kicking his ass early on and Jimmy runs the outside and going, time out. <laughs> Not a thing, Jimmy, but yeah. okay. Uh, we come back from the break. Uh, Orton's been slamming Jimmy into the commentary table in the interim. Uh, Jimmy comes back in Seguri, hip attack. Does the punches in the corner and Randy Orton as he goes for the big 10. <laughs> Bomb in the eye. <laughs> um, sets up with the draping DDT, but Jimmy body drops him to the outside. Orton's tweaked his knee um, and we go to another break. Orton comes back with a snap power slam. Uh, finally hits the draping DDT after the break. Uh, sets up for the RKO, but here comes... He's walking to the ring, but then... L.A. No. Yeah. His music hits. He uh, jumps the car from behind. Jimmy's just watching. He's just watching. Um, and Orton hits him with the RKO out of nowhere for the one, two, three. It was all really about the post-match here, though, wasn't it? Yeah, I didn't think much of this. Sorry. It wasn't, again, I don't know if it's just the bloom was off the rules with Orton for me this week, but it wasn't anywhere near as hot as a tag match the week prior. Uh, Jimmy's pretty funny in these matches as the heel. So the character works bell to bell. But I match didn't do much for me. Got hot again by the end with the post-match stuff. Mm. Give him that. If Roman steals an RKO from Randy Orton in that match, that'd be a nice near four, wouldn't it? What you Roman mean? Reigns RKO. Oh yeah, like I was going to say, what an RKO, but then that's already what it's called, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> Trademarks it. <laughs> Son of a bitch. So after the match, uh, Orton's won. Um, LA Knight's walking to the ring to celebrate with him, square off with him. Obviously, it's sort of a, an, uneasy, an, an easy alliance. Roman Reigns jumps LA Knight. The crowd can't even get I can't believe it. Orton hypes himself up. Roman slides into the ring, brawls with Orton. Jimmy gets involved, though. Uh, Knight helps Orton, so it's two on two. Sokoa's back, though. Three on two. Bloodline, we've seen this a million times. And then... Oh, my God. AJ Styles' music hits. Mm. They all turn to look at him coming from the uh, the entranceway, but he's come through the crowd. He jumps off the top rope. Phenomenal forearm to Roman Reigns. The baby faces stand tall. The heels slide to the outside, and uh, they celebrate. I'm looking at the clock going, oh, two minutes of celebration. What's going on here? And I noticed this. I didn't see what the, the turn come in, mm. but I did notice a bit where, like, One's on one turnbuckle. I think Roman's on, uh, Randy's on a turnbuckle. And Styles is like, pulling, ah, you bloody bloodline. And like LA Knight pushes Styles yeah. out of the way to be like, nah, I'm going to kick your ass, actually. And Styles goes, I'm not having that. Mm-hmm. Or perhaps this has been planned all along. Regardless, Randy's just, what, just watching. And uh, he just drops LA Knight. And he can't believe it. It's just sort of a look between the two of them. Uh, and Styles walks out, walks past the bloodline, and uh, the teams go back and forth whilst Randy, Randy Orton's looking at LA Knight, and uh, LA Knight's like, what the bloody hell just happened there? Um, to close out the show. Yeah. Great to see AJ Styles back. It was great to see him, literally. I don't know where he was, because all I saw was Scott Steiner doing springboards. Yeah. Uh, he's massive. It's class. I don't know what's going on. I think I do know what's going on, but I'm not going to say it in the podcast, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, look at these bodies. Um... Yeah, the twist was really nice here because I think there's more to this. Again, I'm going to like give Triple H's plotting quite a lot of credit here. When the Bloodline put AJ Styles out, one of my favourite things that was happening in AJ Styles' life at the time was how uh, the OC didn't really care. <laughs> Gars and Anderson were there for the paychecks and they were like, come on, guys, we got to get a Bloodline. And they were just like, do we have to, AJ? <laughs> it feels like you thing, mate. And... I wonder if this is going to drive AJ Styles, not just return, but his attack on LA Knight. He didn't come to Green Bay to attack LA Knight, but he certainly didn't come here to be pushed out of the way. Yeah. I'm the front of the line, and I'm the front of the line means that includes you, Randy. And again, I'm maybe manifesting this four-way idea I've got. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like it. But AJ Styles saying, like, through his actions, I'm not going to let this motormouth LA Knight Get in the front of the queue. You had your chance, and you blew it. Randy, you had chance after chance for 20 goddamn years. You still got cum on your hands from the first time we met. Who <laughs> hasn't had a chance is AJ Styles. I've been right across the flat line that is this earth trying to chase Roman Reigns, and I finally caught him. And I just think that now 
with nobody that he can trust because his friends didn't help him when he was being hospitalised mm. the first time. And with nobody that respects now that he's back and he sees no reason to let an LA Knight literally step in front of him as he did here. Mm. It doesn't have to be an outright heel turn, but it can be quite a nice situational one that yet again kind of tacitly puts over Roman Reigns for being really good at dividing his enemies. Phenomenal four-way. My knuckles are practically bloody the amount of times I've got a fist bump in this podcast. Like, a phenomenal four-way for the Royal Rumble. And I'd be remiss, not fantasy booking, but simply a great crack, if I didn't put over Reb on Twitter, at Reigns is home, for capturing the Roman Reigns LA Knight beatdown in a, uh, when he jumped him on the aisle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a way that I will never forget now for the duration of LA Knight and Roman Reigns feuding with each other. Because read the caption and look at the picture. <laughs> That's really Articulate good. this to the listeners and I will get it on the... I'll retweet it as we talk about this. Um, sick, in the words of uh, Shame, Shame Man. Man. You have to check this out. I'm not going to spoil it. Yeah. It's brilliant. Uh, yeah, I'll retweet this right right now. It's a, a capture of Roman Reigns attacking LA Knight and a way of just reframing this that one day might make them the greatest tag team of all time. Yeah, imagine that. Oh, my God. Tribal Knights. I mean, that's just going to the Isle of Relevancy and windmilling your knob about, isn't it? <laughs> tribal Knights. <laughs> LA Days and Tribal Knights. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, phenomenal four-way, I guess, for the Rumble. But, yeah, I just think... This is more than just a twist ending. I kind of feel like there'll be yeah. some plotting that justifies all this. I just really this. like heel AJ. I've missed it. It's been a long time. I don't hate him as a heel. I just think this, there might be more motivation yeah. to this relating to the bloodline. Well, let us know your thoughts on SmackDown on Exit at What Culture WWE. Watch they can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet at Michael Hamflet. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. And make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Me and Sid will be back later uh, to review AEW Collision. We've got the raw preview coming later on. Lucky. As well. It's good for you. It was genuinely First fantastic. collision since the uh, All In Go Home, I think, wasn't it? Saturday. Um, so this has been the SmackDown Review. My thanks to Michael Hamlet. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.